Welcome to the Faith Comes From Hearing podcast. This podcast will be a sharing of part of my morning routine as I prepare for the day with the Word of God. We will be partaking of Puritan prayers from the Valley of Vision, each day's morning devotional from Charles Haddon Spurgeon's Morning and Evening, and we'll be reading from the Legacy Standard Bible, which is the newest and, I believe, the most accurate translation of the Word of God. We will be following a Bible reading calendar that provides for reading the whole Bible in a year that was created by Minister Robert Murray McShane for his congregation back in 1842, and that has been a part of my daily reading for over six years now. Good morning and welcome to the Saturday, August 19th episode of the Faith Comes From Hearing podcast. I am Wayne Floyd, your host. The Faith Comes From Hearing podcast is a humble member of the Christian Podcast Community. You can find us over at christianpodcastcommunity.org. Uh, there are over 60 well-curated podcasts over there. Very, very wide variety of topics. Um, I will guarantee you, you'll find something over there you want to listen to, and there's a real possibility that you're going to find more over there to listen to than you have time to listen. So, again, it's definitely worth your while. I want to continue to point you at the final link in our show notes. It is for the Vale Valley Baptist Church Give, Sin, Go campaign. We are striving to rapidly pay off our mortgage so that we can commence establishment of a Christian classic education-based school to provide a trustworthy alternative here in our community. So go ahead and click on the link. Pastor Jay has provided a very, very thorough description of what we're trying to do and our goals. And then we would ask three things of you. We'd ask you to pray for us. We'd ask you to prayerfully consider giving to us. And we'd ask you to pass the link along so that others can do the same. All right. Well, with it being Saturday, and so last night we will, we finished um, our study of John chapter 11. And God willing, Monday we'll start in John chapter 12. Um, but with it being the weekend, we're just going to do our Bible reading um, so let's go ahead and let's get, go ahead and get started. We're going to go ahead and open up like we usually do with the seventh day morning prayer. This one is called God's good pleasure. Let's pray. Sovereign Lord, thy will is supreme in heaven and earth and all beings are creatures of thy power. Thou art the father of our spirits. Thy inspiration gives us understanding. Thy providence gives us, I'm sorry, their, thy providence governs our lives. But O oh God, we are sinners in thy sight. Thou hast judged, judged us so, and if we deny it, we make thee a liar. Yet in Christ thou art reconciled to thy rebellious subjects. Give us the ear of faith to hear him, the eye of faith to see him, the hand of faith to receive him, the appetite of faith to feed upon him, that we might find in him light, riches, honor, eternal life. Thou art the inviting one. May we hearken to thee. The Almighty Instructor, teach us to live to thee, the Light Dweller, inaccessible to man and angels, hiding thyself behind the elements of creation, but known to us in Jesus. Possess our minds with the grandeur of thy perfections. Thy love to us in Jesus is firm and changeless. Nothing can separate us from it, and in the enjoyment of it, nothing can make us miserable. Preserve us from hypocrisy and formality in religion. Enable us to remember what thou art and what we are, to recall thy holiness and our unworthiness. Help us to approach thee clothed with humility, for vanity, forwardness, insensibility, disorderly affection, backwardness to duty, proneness to evil are in our hearts. Let us never forget thy patience, wisdom, power, faithfulness, care, and never cease to respond to thy invitations. Amen. All right, our morning devotion for uh, August 19th. The text for it is from Micah 5.4. He shall stand and feed in the strength of the Lord. Christ's reign in his church is that of a shepherd king. 
He has supremacy, but it is the superiority of a wise and tender shepherd over his needy and loving flock. He commands and receives obedience, but it is the willing obedience of the well-cared-for sheep, rendered joyfully to their beloved shepherd, whose voice they know so well. He rules by the force of love and the energy of goodness. His reign is practical in its character. It is said he shall stand and feed. The great head of the church is actively engaged in providing for his people. He does not sit down upon the throne in empty state or hold a scepter without wielding it in government. No, he stands and feeds the feeds. The expression feed in the original is like an analogous one in the Greek, which means to shepherdize, to do everything expected of a shepherd, to guide, to watch, to preserve, to restore, to tend, as well as to feed. His reign is continual in its duration. It is said he shall stand and feed, not he shall feed now and then and leave his position, not he shall one day grant a revival and the next day leave his church to barrenness. His eyes never slumber and his hands never rest. His heart never ceases to beat with love, and his shoulders are never weary of carrying his people's burdens. His reign is effectually powerful in its action. He shall feed in the strength of Jehovah. Wherever Christ is, there is God, and whatever Christ does is the act of the Most High. Oh, it is a joyful truth to consider that he who stands today, representing the interests of his people, is very God of very God, to whom every knee shall bow. Happy are we who belong to such a shepherd, whose humanity communes with us, and whose divinity protects us. Let us worship and bow down before him as the people of his pasture. Alright, so our reading today, it's actually relatively extensive, though I think some of these chapters are a little short. We're going to read Esther 4, 5, 6, and 7, uh, 1 Corinthians 12, 1-26, through 26, Psalm 36, and then Proverbs 21, verses 21 and 22. The Esther 4, 5, and 6, this is going to be, um, this is so, um, Haman. Yeah, Haman. Wow, I couldn't think of his name there for a minute. Um, Haman, and I'm not, I don't have a chapter open that has his name. Haman has already put forward the order to try to wipe out the Jews in the kingdom of Ar- Ar- I think it's Ar- Ar- Artaxerxes, I think. Um, anyway, so as um, Esther 4, hear the word of the Lord. Now Mordecai came to know of all that had been done, and he tore his clothes, put on sackcloth and ashes, and went out into the midst of the city, and cried out loudly and bitterly, and he went as far as the king's gate, for no one was to enter the king's gate clothed in sackcloth. Now in each and every province where the word and law of the king reached, there was great mourning among the Jews, with fasting, weeping, and wailing, and many made their bed in sackcloth and ashes. Then Esther's young women and her eunuch came and told her, and the queen writhed in great anguish, and she sent garments to clothe Mordecai and to remove his sackcloth from upon him, but he did not accept them. Then Esther summoned Hathak from the king's eunuchs, whom the king had appointed to attend her, and commanded him to go to Mordecai to know what this was and why it was. So Hathak went out to Mordecai to the city square in front of the king's gate, and Mordecai told him all that had happened to him, and the exact amount of silver that Haman had promised to pay to the king's treasuries to cause the Jews to perish. He also gave him a copy of the written law which had been given in Susa for their destruction, in order to show Esther and to tell her and to command her to go into the king to implore his favor and to seek him out for her people. Then Hathak came back and told Mordecai's words to Esther. Then Esther spoke to Hathak and commanded him to reply to Mordecai, All the king's servants and the people of the king's provinces know that for any man or woman who comes to the king, to the inner court, who is not summoned, he has but one law, 
that he be put to death, unless the king holds out to him the golden scepter so that he may live, and I have not been summoned to come to the king for these thirty days. So they told Esther words, Esther's words to Mordecai. Then Mordecai said for them to respond to Esther, Do not imagine that you and the king's house can escape any more than all the Jews, for if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place, and you and your father's house will perish. And who knows whether you have not reached royalty for such a time as this. Then Esther said for them to respond to Mordecai, Go, gather all the Jews who are found in Susa, and fast for me. Do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. I and my young women also will fast in the same way, and thus I will go into the king, which is not according to the law, and if I perish, I perish. So Mordecai went away and did just as Esther had commanded him. Esther 5 Now it happened on the third day that Esther put on her royal robes and stood in the inner court of the king's house in front of the king's rooms, and the king was sitting on his royal throne in the throne room opposite the entrance to his house. Now it happened that when the king saw Esther the queen standing in the court, she advanced in favor in his eyes, and the king extended to, extended to Esther the golden scepter which was in his hand. So Esther came near and reached out and touched the top of the scepter. Then the king said to her, What is troubling you, Queen Esther, and what is your request? Even to half of the kingdom it shall be given to you. And Esther said, If it seems good to the king, may the king and Haman come this day to the feast that I have prepared for him. Then the king said, Bring Haman quickly, that we may do the word of Esther. So the king and Haman came to the feast with which Esther had prepared. Then as they drank their wine at the feast, the king said to Esther, What is your petition, for it shall be given to you, and what is your request, even to half of the kingdom it shall be done? So Esther answered and said, My petition and my request is, if I have found favor in the eyes of the king, and if it seems good to the king to give heed to my petition and to do my request, may the king and Haman come to the feast which I will prepare for them, and tomorrow I will do according to the word of the king. Then Haman went out that day glad and merry of heart, but when Haman saw Mordecai in the king's gate, and that he did not stand up or tremble before him, Haman was filled with wrath against Mordecai. But Haman controlled himself, went to his house, and sent for and brought his friends and his wife Zeresh. Then Haman recounted to them the glory of his riches and the number of his sons, and every instance where the king had magnified him, and how he had advanced him above the princes and servants of the king. Haman also said, Even Esther the queen let no one but me come with the king to the feast which she had prepared, and tomorrow also I am called to come to her with the king. Yet all of this is worth nothing to me every time I see Mordecai the Jew sitting at the king's gate. Then Zeresh, his wife, and all his friends said to him, Have a gallows fifty cubits high made, and in the morning say to the king that Mordecai should be hanged on it, then go gladly with the king to the feast. And the word was good to Haman, so he had the gallows made. Esther 6 During the night sleep had fled from the king, so he said for them to bring the book of Memoranda, the chronicles, and they were read before the king. And it was found written what Mordecai had told concerning Bigthana and Teresh, two of the king's eunuchs, from those who were doorkeepers, that they had sought to send forth their hand against king Ahasuerus. And the king said, What honor or greatness has been done to Mordecai for this? Then the king's young men who attended him said, Nothing has been done for him. So the king said, Who is in the court? Now Haman had entered the outer court of the king's house in order to speak to the king about hanging Mordecai on the gallows which he had set up for him. And the king's young men said to him, Behold, Haman is standing in the court. And the king said, Let him come in. So Haman came in, and the king said to him, 
What is to be done for the man whom the king delights to honor? And Haman said in his heart, Whom would the king delight to honor more than me? Then Haman said to the king, For the man whom the king delights to honor, let them bring a royal robe which the king clothes himself in, and the horse on which the king is ridden, and on whose head a royal crown has been placed. And let the robe and the horse be given over to the hand of one of the king's most noble princes, and let them clothe the man whom the king delights to honor, and lead him on horseback through the city square, and call out before him, Thus it shall be done to the man whom the king delights to honor. Then the king said to Haman, Take quickly the robes and the horse, as you have said, and do so for Mordecai the Jew, who is sitting at the king's gate. Do not fall short in anything of all that you have spoken. So Haman took the robe and the horse and clothed Mordecai and led him on horseback through the city square and called out before him, Thus it shall be done to the man whom the king delights to honor. Then Mordecai returned to the king's gate, but Haman hastened home, mourning with his head covered. And Haman recounted to Zeresh his wife and all his friends everything that had happened to him. Then his wise men and Zeresh's wife said to him, If Mordecai before whom you have begun to fall is of the seed of the Jews, you will not overcome him, but will surely fall before him. While they were still speaking with him, the king's eunuchs reached Haman's house, I'm sorry, Haman's home, and hastily brought Haman to the feast which Esther had prepared. Esther 7 Then the king and Haman came to drink wine with Esther the queen. And the king said to Esther on the second day also as they drank their wine at the feast, What is your petition, Queen Esther? It shall be given you, and what is your request? Even to half of the kingdom it shall be done. Then Queen Esther answered and said, If I have found favor in your eyes, O king, and if it seems good to the king, let my life be given to me as my petition, and my people as my request. For we have been sold, I and my people, to be destroyed, to be killed, and to be caused to perish. Now if we had only been sold as slaves, men and women, I would have remained silent, for the adversity would not be worth the annoyance to the king. Then King Ahasuerus said, he said, he said to Esther the queen, Who is this one, and where is this one who fills his heart to do thus? So Esther said, An adversary and an enemy is this evil Haman. Then Haman became terrified before the king and queen. And the king arose in his wrath from drinking wine, and went into the garden of his palace. But Haman stayed to seek for his life from Queen, queen Esther, for he saw that calamity had been determined against him by the king. Now the king returned from the garden of his palace into the place where they were drinking wine. And Haman was falling on the couch where Esther was. So the king said, Will he even assault the queen with me in the house? As the word went out, to the, out of the king's mouth, they covered Haman's face. Then Harbona, one of the eunuchs who were before the king, said, Behold, indeed, the gallows which Haman made for Mordecai, who spoke good on behalf of the king, are standing at Haman's house, fifty cubits high. And the king said, Hang him on it. So they hanged Haman on the gallows which he had set up for Mordecai, and the king's wrath subsided. All right. First Chronicles 12, verses 1 through 26. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be ignorant. You know that when you were pagans, you were being led astray to the mute idols, however you were led. Therefore I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God says Jesus is accursed, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit, and there are varieties of ministries, and the same Lord, and there are varieties of workings, but the same God who works everything in and everyone. But each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit for what is profitable. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, and to another the word of knowledge according to the same Spirit. To someone else faith by the same Spirit, and to another gifts of healing by the one Spirit. 
and to another the working workings of miracles, and to another prophecy, and to another the distinguishing of spirits, to someone else various kinds of tongues, and to another the translation of tongues. But one and the same spirit works all these things, distributing to each one indiv individually just as he wills. For even as the body is one, and yet has many members, and all the members of the body, though they are though they are many, are one body, so also is Christ. For also by one Spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and we were all made to drink of one Spirit. For also the body is not one member, but many. If the foot says, Because I am not a hand, I am not a part of the body, it is not for this reason any the less a part of the body. For if the ear says, Behold, I am not an eye, I am not a part of the body, it is not for this reason any the less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole were hearing, where would the sense of smell be? But now God has appointed the members, each one of them in the body, just as he desired. And if they were all one member, where would the body be? But now there are many members but one body. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, or again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, how much more is it that the members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary? And those members of the body which we think is less honorable, on, those, on these we bestow more abundant honor, and our less presentable members become much more presentable. Whereas our more presentable members have no such need, but God has so composed the body, giving more abundant honor to that member which lacked, so that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. And if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. If one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. Now you are Christ's body and individually members. I'm sorry, I went too far. Should have stopped at 26. All right. Psalm 36. For the choir director of the servant of Yahweh of David. Transgression declares to the ungodly within his heart. There is no dread of God before his eyes, for it flatters him in his eyes for one to discover his iniquity and hate it. The words of his mouth are wickedness and deceit. He has ceased to consider to do good. He devises wickedness upon his bed. He sets himself on a path that is not good. He does not despise evil. Your loving kindness, O Yahweh, is in the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches to the skies. Your righteousness is like the mountains of God. Your judgments are like a great deep. O Yahweh, you save man and beast. How precious is your loving kindness, O God. And the sons of men take refuge in the shadow of your wings. They are satisfied from the richness of your house, and you give them to drink of the river of your delights. For with you is the fountain of life. In your light we see light. Continue your loving kindness to those who know you, and your righteousness to the upright in heart. Let not the foot of pride come upon me, and let not the hand of the ungodly drive me away. There the workers of wickedness have fallen. They have been thrust down and cannot rise. All right. And Proverbs 21, verses 21 and 22. He who pursues righteousness and loving kindness finds life righteousness and glory a wise man goes up to the city of the mighty and brings down the stronghold in which they trust all right and now that is our reading for the day and now our evening devotion uh, the text for it is from psalm 31 4 pull me out of the net that they have laid privily for me for thou art my strength our spiritual foes are of the serpent's brood and seek to ensnare us by subtlety the prayer before us supposes the possibility of the believer being caught like a bird so deftly does the fowler do his work that simpler, simple ones are soon surrounded by the net. The text asks that even out, uh, 
that even out of Satan's meshes the captive one may be delivered. This is a proper petition, and one which can be granted. From between the jaws of the lion and out of the belly of hell can eternal love rescue the saint. It may need a sharp pull to to save a soul from the net of temptations, and a mighty pull to extricate a man from the snares of malicious cunning. But the Lord is equal to every emergency, and the most skillfully placed nets of the hunter shall never be able to hold his chosen ones. Woe unto those who are so clever at net laying, they who tempt others shall be destroyed themselves. For thou art my strength. What an inexpressible sweetness is to be found in these few words. How joyfully may we encounter toils, and how cheerfully may we endure sufferings, when we can lay hold upon celestial strength. Divine power will rend asunder all the toils of our enemies, confound their politics, and frustrate their knavish tricks. He is a happy man who has such matchless might engaged upon his side. Our own strength would be of little service when embarrassed in the nets of base cunning. But the Lord's strength is ever available. We have but to invoke it, and we shall find it near at hand. If by faith we are depending alone upon the strength of the mighty God of Israel, we may use our holy reliance as a plea in supplication. Lord, evermore thy face we seek. Tempted we are, and poor and weak. Keep us with lowly hearts and meek. Let us not fall. Let us not fall. All right. Well, that is the show for the day, the episode for the day. Again, I hope you have yourself a wonderful weekend. I would continue to implore you to do all that you do for the glory of God. Um, And I hope to see you tomorrow morning. Again, I hope you have great plans for this weekend. But as I as I continue to say, and honestly, I got this. I I I'd never thought to say this before, but I got this from my buddy Gene Clyde over at Squirrel Chatter, which I would encourage you. Please go listen and listen to him. He is he is great. He is wonderful. I listen to him every day. It is wonderful. Um, I definitely definitely. The fact is, if you want to go listen to him instead of me, I would totally understand that because I love listening to him. Um, but as he says, and I absolutely agree with him, if your plans for this weekend do not include going to church, do not include, include worshiping with the saints, personally worshiping with the saints, barring some physical limitation that makes you unable to, you need to change your plans and you need to worship with the saints. Um, for, for us to be obedient Christians, we must be worshiping with the local body of believers and you need to find yourself one. And I've told you before, Founders Ministry has a, has a good um, church finder and I believe it's Master Seminary has a good, uh, good church finder. So you need to be about it trying to find solid churches, okay? And you need to be worshiping with the saints. Okay, let's go ahead and close out with prayer. The prayer we're going to close out with is the seventh day evening prayer. It's called Future Blessing. Let's pray. O Lord God, there is no blessing we implore, but thou art able to give, hast promised to give, hast given already to countless multitudes, all unworthy and guilty like ourselves. Make us willing to receive the supply of our need from thy bounty. To this end, convince us of sin, soften our hard hearts, to bewail our folly, ingratitude, pride, unbelief, rebellion, corruption. Through the law may we die to the law, then look with wonder, submission, delight to the provision thou hast made for the glory of thy name and the salvation of sinners. Give us a hope that makes us not ashamed, a love that excites to holy obedience, a joy in thee that is our strength, a faith in thy Son who loved us and died for us. May we persevere in duty when not fully conscious of thee, wait upon thee and keep thy way, be humble and earnest suppliance at thy feet, live continually as on the brink of eternity. 
let us be at thy disposal for the duties and events of life. Submit our preferences to thy wisdom and will. Resign our enjoyments, if thou shouldst require it, as our absolute proprietor and best friend. If our unworthiness and provocations make us grateful for the means of grace, and the ordinances of and, and the ordinances of religion, and teach us to profit by them more than we have done. Help us to be in the Spirit on the Lord's day, to enter upon the Sabbath mindful of its solemnities, duties, privileges, setting all things worldly aside while we worship Thee. May we know the blessedness of men whose strength is in Thee, and in whose hearts are the highways to heaven. Amen. All right, again, I hope you have yourself a wonderful weekend, and I hope to see you tomorrow morning. Have a good one. God bless. Thank you.